Welcome back to Catawampus Readings, the podcast where beginnings and introductions are getting even more attention than usual because the new year is upon us. Everyone who's into that kind of thing is already making resolutions to change their life and habits in 2020. Since it's the holiday, I thought we would look at something that means a lot to me. The beginning of my reading career. Can I call it a career? It's sort of a career. A field of pursuit featuring consecutive achievement, especially one taken on a permanent basis. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I am a career reader. Back on August 29th, 2018, I posted a short little four-minute recording discussing my origin story as a reader. The Hobbit was my beginning, the way a radioactive spider was Peter Parker's beginning. I'm not saying reading is a superpower, but it kind of is. We've already talked about The Hobbit at length, so I'd like to take a look at the books that came after it. No, not The Lord of the Rings. It would be several years before I was ready for those. But my mother, thoughtful, wonderful person as she was, bought me a complete set of books for my birthday after I discovered my love of reading. This set was the Circle of Magic Quartet by Tamora Pierce. Each book is about an inch thick, probably less, and far less intimidating than The Hobbit. And, you know, now I suspect my mother might have possibly been better at picking out reading material for a ten-year-old than my father was. For those of you that don't know anything about the Circle of Magic, the basic premise is that there are four kids, and they can all do, well, magic. Each of the kids gets a book that's mostly about them, even though they're all together for all four books. That's why we have Sandry's book, Triss's book, Dodge's book, and Briar's book. We'll be looking at the beginning of Sandry's book because it's the first one in the series, but I heartily recommend the whole series if found family and magic children are the sort of thing you like. As it happens, it's exactly the sort of thing I like, I'm sure you couldn't tell, and it's a lot of the reason I ended up reading books like Harry Potter and the Chronicles of Narnia. Magic kids are my jam! For a better look at today's book, here's the summary from the back cover. Gifted young weaver Sandry is brought to the Winding Circle community. There she meets Briar, a former thief with a way with plants, Daja, an outcast gifted in metalcraft, and Triss, whose connection with the weather unsettles everyone, including herself. The four misfits are taught how to use their magic, but when disaster strikes, it's up to Sandry to weave together four different kinds of power to save herself, her friends, and the Winding Circle. This is what I would call a bare-bones summary, with a short description of each main character and the most naked of, well, summaries of a magic community that I have ever seen. Obviously, the summary promises the focus of the story will be on the characters, not on the setting. And to me, that's a little disappointing, but only because I know more of this world than a new reader would. This summary gets a 3 out of 5 for me, because it could have been so much more engaging, but it still does what it set out to do, to summarize. Though, as we mentioned in a previous episode, I think the summary on the back cover is really meant to encourage readers rather than actually summarize the story. Without further ado, let's dig in. Circle of Magic, Book 1, Sandry's Book, by Tamora Pierce. In the Palace of Black Swans, 
Zakdin, capital of Hatar. Blue eyes wide, Lady Sandraline Fatorin watched her near-empty oil lamp. Her small mouth quivered as the flame at the end of the wick danced and shrank, throwing grim shadows on the barrels of food and water that shared her prison. When that flame was gone, she would be without light in this windowless storeroom. I'll go crazy, she said flatly. When they come to rescue me, I'll be raving mad. She refused to admit that, with this room locked from the outside and hidden by magic, a rescue was hopeless. I'll draw the mob away from here. Far away, Perissi had whispered through the keyhole, speaking in her native traitor talk. You'll be safe until the smallpox has run its course, then I'll return for you. But her nurse had never returned. Right outside the door, the mob had caught and killed her because she was a hated traitor. With Perissi dead, no one would even know where Sandri had spent her last days. Her light wobbled and shrank. If only I could catch it in something, she cried. Like traitor wizards catch winds in their nets, and it is a string, she interrupted herself. And a string is thread. She had thread in the work basket she had grabbed when Percy dragged her from her room. The basket's contents had kept her from giving up completely before this, as she embroidered until her eyes refused to focus. She had thread aplenty, in coils, and in her work. I'm no mage, she argued, resting her head on one hand. I'm just a girl. A noble girl, worse yet. Like the maid said, good for naught but to be waited on and to marry. Good for naught. That's me. Tears filled her eyes, making the lamp flame quiver even more. Crying won't help, she snapped. I have to do something. Something besides weep and talk to myself. She dragged her work basket over. Fumbling, she yanked out three coils of silk. One green, one pale gray, and one bright red. Swiftly, she arranged them. One in her lap, one on her left, and one on her right. The light was down to a blue core and its wavering orange skirt. Gathering the ends of the thread in her left hand, she pulled them together in a knot, tying it as snugly as she could. Finding a long dressmaker's pin in her basket, she pinned the knot to the barrel to anchor it. Her fingers shook. Sweat crawled down her face. She didn't want to think of what would happen if this didn't work. Worse, there was no reason for it to work. Perissi, the traitor and servant, had magic. Lady Sandraline Fatorin was good only to be waited on and to marry. Nothing to lose, she said, and took a deep breath. Nothing at all. Aboard the traitor ships, their mamanders, mages, called to the winds as if they were friends who could be invited to stay. Come on, she told the dying flame. Come here, won't you? You'll last in these threads longer than you will in that lamp. The lamp guttered. The flame was gobbling up the few drops of oil that remained in its bowl. The girl started her braid. The green thread wrapped around her fingers like a strangling vine. The gray slithered to the floor like a snake. The red tangled with itself. Vumi. Patience. It is everything. Perissi had often told Sandri. Without patience... Magic would be undiscovered. In rushing everything, we would never hear its whisper inside.
Uvumi, Sandri whispered in traitor talk. She straightened the threads, one on each side, one in her lap. Closing her eyes, she found she was much calmer when she couldn't see her work or the lamp. She didn't really need to see, not to do something as easy as braid. In her mind, threads gleamed brightly. They called specks of light from all around her and tangled them in their strands. The flickering lamp went out. She opened her eyes. The wick was dead and black. Through and around her braid, light shone steadily, filling the room with a soft, pearly glow. Did I know I could do that? She whispered. The braid light wavered. All right, she said, gathering the threads once more. But I have to sleep, you know. She wiped her eyes on her sleeve with a whispered, Uvumi, Sandraline Fatorin went back to work. Considering this character is locked alone in a room with no windows, there is a surprising amount of interaction and world building that takes place, and I love it. Main character, check. Sandraline Fatorin, trapped and helpless, about to attempt magic. Setting, check. There's magic in this world, and people called traitors that others don't like, and nobles are seen as lazy and rich. Now, I'd like to put forward a theory, and maybe you'll scoff at me, but here goes. I think this story, along with Harry Potter, Artemis Fowl, and The Hobbit, really solidified my love of helpless characters. Hear me out, I'm not crazy. Harry Potter is an orphan. He lives with a family that hates and mistreats him and goes on to a school where he's treated more like an object than a person. In Artemis Fowl, Captain Holly Short is mistreated by her boss, feels trapped by her sense of honor, and is literally held captive for a while by the boy genius. In The Hobbit, Bilbo is a homebody that's bullied into going on an adventure and risking his life for something he does not understand and then is scorned when he ends up taking charge because no one else thinks ahead. These characters are all emotionally strong, capable, and resilient, even when they really don't want anything to do with what's going on. They weather the storms that come their way and eventually go back home, hopefully to an improved life, although in Harry's case it's back for more abuse until the school year starts again. I love these characters. In fact, I love all characters that go through hard times and come out the other side not untarnished, but still whole. Sandry lived through horrible trauma that at the time I couldn't even begin to imagine. And when she emerged, she was damaged and frightened, but she wasn't defeated. She kept going, kept trying. I want to be that person. But that also gives me a somewhat unfortunate love of writing victim characters, which can be less than entertaining for my audience. I hope I never tire you, my friends, but I really do love these characters. That's all I have for you this week. The random question of the day is, if you could swap places with your pet, but would have to live with the consequences of whatever they did while they were in your body, would you do it? Until next time, stay warm and dry, my inklings. Try to get enough sleep, enough exercise, and enough vitamin D. It really does make a difference. This has been your host, Inkfire, and you have been a marvelous audience. I'll see you on the other side.